Tonight we continue again on our series of the big questions. We only have this one and one more left, so we're coming near the end. Um, and this question at first to some of us might not appear so big, but I think when we unpack it a little bit more, we'll see just a, what a big deal it is and just how much we come across this question every day in our lives. And the question is this, how should I spend my time? With that question in mind, uh, let's hear God's word from Ephesians 5. Would you guys stand as I read God's word? It's Ephesians 5, verses 8 through 16. It's God's word. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says... Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Look carefully, then, how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. This is God's living and active word. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we ask now for wisdom, wisdom in how to live our lives in ways that honor you and glorify you. Lord, we have decisions we make on a daily basis, which help us to find wisdom in those things through your word. Thank you for your son, Jesus, and his sacrifice for us. It's in his name we pray. Amen. You guys can have a seat. I'm sure many of you have seen the Disney classic Finding Nemo. And one of the many scenes that jumps out is the scene with the seagulls all crying, mine, 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 right? You can, you can picture that in your mind's eye. You can also hear it in your, in, in your mind, right? Um, all of these seagulls, right, are saying that because they want to actually take and eat Dory and Nemo's dad, Marlin. Right? And it's funny to us because we hear them all cry mine and we see them kind of bumbling about these seagulls. But to Dory and Marlon, it's actually pretty scary, right? Because all these seagulls are trying to eat them. Well, believe it or not, we live in a world where everything around us is looking at us and crying, mine, 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 right? Trying to get our attention, trying to get us to go to over here and do this or go over there and do that, right? I want you to think this past week, think about all the different things that have pulled at your time. Think about that for a second. Everything you've done in the past week. Might be school, might be homework, might be band, it could be sports, it could be video games, it could be a job you have, could be your phone, could be social media, could be TVs, could be movies, not to mention our parents, our friends, our family, our siblings, our youth group, and yes, even sleep at some point, right? All these things want our time. There's a poet named T.S. Eliot who put it this way We're distracted from distraction by distraction. Does anybody feel that? Distracted from distraction by distraction, right? All these many things cry out, mine, 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 because they want our time and attention, right? But if we're not careful, some of these things will just end up eating all of our time, just like those seagulls who want to eat Dory and Marlin. And so it's a serious question to ask, how should we spend our time? How should we decide what to do? And how should we do it? And so the passage we read in Ephesians actually has something to say about that. It has something to tell us tonight. Look again at verses 15 and 16. They kind of summarize what the passage is about. Verse 15, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. 16, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. We're meant to walk wisely. Walk means like the way you live, the way you act, your whole manner of being, right? And God's word says we're meant to walk wisely. It says we're meant to make make the best use of the time. I think it's something we all want to do, but we don't really know how to do it. How do I make the best use of the time? Literally, this says buy back the time, redeem your time. Which sounds like a lot of weight when we figure out how to, how, trying to figure out how to do that, right? How should we do this? How should we spend our time? 
Well, if we back up in this passage, we see two important things. We see, first, find out what God likes, and second, bring darkness to light. So tonight, we're going to talk about those two things, and talk about four practices that can actually help us with these things. So first, we need to find out what God likes. And we see this in the passage. Look back at Ephesians 5, verse 8 on your scripture sheet. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. God's word says here, we should walk as children of light. Just like we said, walk means our whole manner of being, right? Our whole life and lifestyle, how we live. Okay, we should spend our time walking as children of the light. That sounds well and good in in theory, but how do we actually do that, right? Well, look at what verse 9 says. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. Okay, fruit of light, meaning like the results of light in our life. There are things that are good and they're right and they're true. And we're meant to do those things. That sounds good, but we're probably wondering, how do we figure out what those things are? Because it's really hard when I have all these things that want my attention. And I don't really know always what's good and what's right and what's true. Well, look at what verse 10 says. It says this, and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Discern means to figure out, to find out, right? What we're meant to do is find out what's pleasing to the Lord. What's pleasing to the Lord. And I love that it's try to discern it. Because it doesn't mean we're going to be able to do it right off. It doesn't mean you can do this tomorrow and you're like, okay, I'm done. I figured out how to live the rest of my life. That's easy. It's a constant thing that we do in our lives of trying to figure out what pleases the Lord, right? So the first way we should spend our time is by trying to figure out what God likes. Now, that might sound odd when we're talking about spending our own time, right? Why would I spend my time finding out what God likes? Let me give you an example. So in my life at one point, I did something called the Whole30, which is a special 30-day thing where you take things out of your diet, right, in order to try to reset your body. You take everything out of your diet that's bad. You take out processed sugars. You take out gluten. You take out um, dairy. You take out all of these things, right? All the things that really taste good, you, you pretty much can't eat, right? Now, it was really, really hard. It was hard to do. I didn't like it. I didn't like the food I was eating. But over time, something happened. One, I figured out actually how to have good food on that diet, not just really bland food. But also, I began to actually enjoy the things I was eating more and more because I wasn't eating those really high sugary foods, right? I began to enjoy what I was eating more and more. And I began to sleep better. I began to feel better. I began to have more energy in the afternoons, right? Now, this wouldn't have happened if I had just ate what I felt like eating at the time, right? If I just had eaten donuts and this and that, right? I'm not going to feel that way. I had to listen to what somebody else said was good for me, what somebody actually knew was good for me, right? And that's the same thing with our time and our days. If we just do what feels right at the right time, right, we're never going to know what somebody else actually, what actually God thinks because God knows what we need. He made us. He created us, right? So who better to ask about how to spend our time than the God who made us and knows what we're made for? So we try to find out what God likes. Second, we spend our time bringing darkness to light. What does that mean? Look back at Ephesians 5. This time look at verse 11 on your sheet. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. Okay, we talked about fruit of light earlier, right? Things that are good, right, and true. But now it talks about these unfruitful works of darkness, the complete opposite, right? And it says, take no part in these things. That means we shouldn't spend our time doing these evil things, these deeds of darkness. But what should we be doing instead? It actually says this, expose them, literally bring them to light using the light. Sounds kind of odd, but let me read a little more in the passage. Let me read 12 through 14. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. 
the idea here is that if light shines on something that's in darkness, you can then see the thing that was in darkness, right? If there's evil going on over here, but there's no light to shine, once the light shines, you can see it, see what needs to be changed, and make a change, right? And we need to remember that when we talk about evil, evil is not just out there, somebody else is doing it, but it's also evil in our own hearts and minds that needs God's light to shine on it and the light of the Christian faith. So we can see evil out there. That's one of the things we're meant to do is see evil out there in the world and seek to change it. The task of Christians called children of the light in this passage is to bring light into the darkness. Actually, Jesus says, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. And there's a, there's a quote that maybe, many of you may have heard, maybe, maybe you have, maybe you haven't, but it's sunlight is the best disinfectant, right? Which is when something is bad, when something is dark, when something is, has problems, the best way to actually figure out what to do is to shine a light on it and to see what's going on, right? Think about it this way. Think about uh, trying to change a light bulb and not having any other lights in the room, right? You're trying to bring light in, but you can't do it. You need another light to bring in. Think about the game we played with our shoes, right? If you don't have any light and you can't see, you have no idea how you're doing. You have no idea if it's good or not, right? You need light to shine on these things. So that's something we're meant to do. And we need light in our decisions. We need light in our decisions, something as simple as what I do tomorrow, to where do I go to college, to what do I do in this situation or that situation, right? And so we need to spend our time bringing darkness to light. That's the second thing. But The question is, these two principles are all well and good, but how do we actually do them? How do they actually work out on the ground in our lives, right? We face big decisions all the time, like I just said. So what we need to do first is we need to see in those decisions, what what is God like? What's good, what's right, and what's true, right? Maybe you're deciding between two movies to watch. And maybe one of them is darker than the other and actually has more deeds of darkness. And one has actually good themes that are good and right and true. We need to say, what is God like? When we listen to music or when we play a video game, we need to say, hey, what is in here that God likes? What is good and what is right and what is true? And is it actually in there or is it not? Because if it's not, maybe I need to do something else. We also need to see what choices we can make to help bring darkness to light, right? Think about conversations we have. We have conversations with friends on a daily basis, and some of those conversations aren't about great things, right? So how can we steer that conversation into good topics to bring light into dark places, Maybe you're deciding what to do in one evening, right? And you have two video games you could play. And one of them you could play on your own, and it's really fun. But you have a friend who you know feels kind of lonely. And if you play this game, which you don't like as much, they'll play with you. And maybe you say, hey, I want to reach out and play with this person because I know they need some fellowship. Or maybe you even say, hey, I want to invite them over rather than just playing with them on the other side of the screen, right? But I want them to come over and be with me. So when we talk about spending our time, it's not just don't waste time playing TV or on TV. Don't just waste time playing video games. It's not that. But it's actually how can we use these things that God has given us in such a way that actually helps us figure out more of who God is and what he likes and actually take the darkness that's in the world and bring it to light as Christians. It's kind of like what I talked about with a diet shift, right? We need to change how we spend our time. And it takes some time to get there, right? It takes time, just like it took time for my body to reset in this 30-day diet. But there are a few practices, a few things and habits we can do that can help us in this. And some of these habits are habits that Christians have done for centuries. And so kind of summarize them for us tonight. And they all start with S, so hopefully that's easy to remember. So these are the four things. Schedule, slow down, silence, and Sundays. Okay. So first, schedule. What what do I mean by that? One of the ways to help us when we talk about how to spend our time is to figure out how we actually already are spending our time. 
So something really simple you can do is, is one day this week, the day before, schedule that day. Schedule all 24 hours. Include sleep, include school, include all the things you're going to do, right? And then try to keep that schedule. And then you'll see that day how you're actually spending your time, what takes you more time than you think, what takes you less time than you think. And you might be surprised where your time goes. You might think, oh, I wasn't spending a lot of time here, but actually I see it. I actually am spending a lot of time here. Or maybe you think, hey, when I actually limit myself to do this for a certain amount of time, I have more time to do something else. And so after you do the schedule, it doesn't mean you do this every day, but do it a couple times and reflect, how am I spending my time? And ask yourself, are the things that I'm spending the most time on, are they helping me find out what God likes? Are they helping me bring darkness to light? And if not, how can I change the way I do those things or the things that I do to do those things more and more? Um, We need to ask why we spend the time that we spend the way we do. There's a great book that helps us, I think, specifically. Uh, this is a book over there. I'll talk a little bit more about, more about it tonight. But it's called Gaming, A Student's Guide to Gaming by RYM and, and somebody named Reagan Rose who wrote it. It's a really good book. And what it drills down to is it helps us understand why we do the things that we do. There's a statistic out there that guys before the age of 21 will, pay, will play over 10,000 hours of video games. Right? And I'm sure many girls aren't behind. And if we're doing something for that much time, we need to know what's going on. And that book is really good because it breaks down the fact that the things we want, we want quests in our lives. We want to have dominion, which is something we were created for in the beginning. We want to have communion and community with our friends, right? And we think by doing doing this, by playing games, we'll get that. And we get that on some level, but the reality is it doesn't fully satisfy us. So we have to have that in mind when we engage in those activities, right? That's a great book which which helps us understand, hey, why am I spending my time the way I am? And how can I think more about it? Now, it's not just remember, don't do this and don't do that, but see why you're doing it and then decide, hey, is it allowing me to do these things? Is it allowing me to walk as a child of the light? And if so, keep doing it. If not, maybe think about how to change it, how to modify it. Right. Now, the second practice we have is to slow down. It sounds simple, but at the same time, right, that's really hard to do because we have so much going on in our lives. We have so much to do. Right? Well, actively work to make time in your life, even if it's five minutes. Even if it's five minutes before you go to bed or five minutes when you get up, try to make five minutes to slow down. Uh, There's a quote you have on the sheet from a man named John Ortberg. Let me read it for us. For many of us, the great danger is not that we will renounce our faith. It's that we will become so distracted and rushed and preoccupied that we will settle for a mediocre version of it. We will just skim our lives instead of actually living in them. By slowing down, that enables us to sink below the surface of everything that's going on in our lives. Now, that seems risky to a lot of us. That seems scary, right? Is, is it going to be too deep? Am I going to drown in these things? Right? The thoughts and the anxieties and the sadness that I've kind of kept at bay, right? It's all going to be there. It's all going to come to the surface, right? And that's something we've tried to avoid all the time in our life. We try to avoid slowing down, right? But by doing that, we actually make that worse. Think about it. We have consequences to avoiding the things that we're avoiding. For example, uh, when you increase social media use, The higher you use it, the more you use it, you actually increase your anxiety and depression, which often somebody goes to those things to try to get away from that feeling, right? Mm -hmm. But what it does is it actually increases it. It actually makes it worse over time. And there are many factors going on, but that's an important thing to think about, right? But that leaves us with the question, okay, if I am going to make time to slow down, if I am going to make five minutes, then what do I do? What do I do with all these thoughts that I have? What do I do with everything that comes up? And so the third practice we have is silence. When I say silence, I mean no headphones, no phone, no background music, no white noise, right? There's enough noise going on around even without those things, right? 
And what do we do when we sit in silence? There are many things we do. One first thing we do is take time to breathe. Take time to understand how we're feeling. The things that are on our mind that we're not letting ourselves think about. It's a time where you could read your Bible and pray. That's a good thing, right? Because that allows us to find out what God likes because we ask him in those times. Lord, show us what you like. Show me how to live my life. Show me how to make this decision that I have. That means we take the swirling ball of stress and anxiety we feel, and over time we hand it over more and more to God. But also, if you fall asleep in those times, that's okay, right? That probably means you need to be sleeping more, and so it's good that you're falling asleep, right? You might do a lot of different things in silence, but it's important. You can also just go outside. You can just sit outside or go on a walk, think about God's creation, right? This is something that we should build into our lives to take time to rest. So schedule, slow down, silence, and then Sunday is the fourth practice. That seems odd, right? Everybody has a Sunday every week, so it's not something we practice maybe, right? Although, if we see all the way back at the beginning of the Bible, when God creates the world, he does something on the seventh day. He rests from his work. And when God does that, he sets a pattern for us that we're actually also supposed to rest on Sundays. In the Old Testament, there's a command. It's one of the Ten Commandments to rest on the Sabbath day, which now is a Sunday because that's when Jesus rose from the dead. And actually, believe it or not, Sundays are a gift. Sometimes it feels like this thing you have to do, right? But actually, Sundays are meant to be a gift. Because remember, God knows what we need more than we know what we need, right? And so he's given us a day to slow down, to have silence, to take a nap maybe, right? And it's also a great day because we start the day by worship. And I know worship is early in the morning and we're tired, but all the more reason to take a nap later in the afternoon, right? Now, I know that it's really hard to take Sundays because it means we have to work hard the other six days of the week. That means we have to plan ahead, right? But here's the thing. It can be done. I've been in your shoes. I know what it's like to have all the tests and all the projects and all the practices and all those things, right? And it's something we have to work at and, and be diligent to do. But it also is somewhere where you have to trust God to say, Lord, I'm not going to be able to do things to the level I want them in order to take Sundays. But Lord, I believe that's something that you've told your people to do. And I would encourage you to ask and talk about these kind of practices with your parents, with other leaders here, with me, right? What does it look like to actually practice some of these things? A simple thing you can do is to have a screen-free Sunday. See if you can do it. Unplug an entire 24 hours without a phone, without a screen. That's a way to slow down. That's a way to find silence. That's a way to find some rest. So I want you to think, which of these practices might you try? Which of them might you try to put in and and actually create as a habit? Now, it certainly takes time, but it's good to have an idea of some of these things we want to do. So we've seen that when it comes to time, we should find out, try and find out what God likes, and we should bring darkness to light. But the big question that's still at the foundation of all of this is why? Why do this? Why spend our time this way? Because it's not easy. It's hard, right? Well, as we read in our passage, it's because we're children of the light. But it's also clear in our passage that it says we were darkness. Look at that, verse 8. For at one time you were darkness. No, no, no. It doesn't say that you were just in darkness. It says that we were darkness, right? It's not that we were in darkness. We ourselves were darkness. But now we're children of the light. Why? What's happened? What's changed, right? And why should we now be walking as children of the light? Well, we're children of the light and should walk as children of the light because Jesus Christ, the light of the world, has come. He decided to spend his time with us, walking, being a physical human being, right? And he walked perfectly. 
He always did what God liked. He always honored him. He never added to the darkness of the world. He always pushed it back. He always brought darkness to light. And he has brought ourselves, our own hearts and minds, from darkness to light. And in order to do that, it meant he had to die. And he did. He went and he died on a cross for you and me. And so now, because of his death and resurrection, we can now follow him. We can now love him and see where he leads. And now, because we've seen the love of God, we know he cares for us. We know he knows what's best for us. So that's why we'd spend our time finding out what he likes and bringing darkness to light with the light that he's given us. We seek to honor God because he's God. He knows what's best for us, and he loves us. And we see that love and Jesus coming and spending his time with us, spending his time dying for us. We walk as children of the light, not to earn a spot in heaven, not to be really productive, but out of love for what Jesus has done for us. Going back to the movie Finding Nemo, right? Marlon, the dad, goes miles and miles and miles across the ocean just to find his son. And at the beginning of the movie, right, Marlon and Nemo kind of don't get along. They don't really see eye to eye. And afterwards, after he finds his son and brings him back, then everything has changed in their relationship, and it's so much better, right? Why? What's changed? Yeah, it's because Marlon went to find his son, and his son knows his love. He said, this is my dad who went miles and miles, risked his life countless times just to find me, just to be with me, right? And so now I love him, and I want to spend time with him, and I want to do things that honor him and please him, right? That's actually our story, that God who made us, even though we were in darkness because of sin, came to find us, came to get us. And it took Christ and his own death to do that, and he did that because he loves us and he cares about us. And so because of this love and out of this love, right, We've been redeemed. We've been bought back, literally. So now we buy back our time. We should try and find out what God likes. We should try to bring darkness to light because Jesus, the light of the world, has come. And if we believe in him, that means we're children of the light. And our great task and responsibility and privilege is to walk in this world as children of the light. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your grace and mercy. Thank you that when we were darkness, you came and shined your light on us. Thank you for your spirit that is at work in our hearts and minds to know you more and love you more. Lord, would you give us wisdom in how to spend our time? Give us wisdom when we make difficult choices. Lord, would you help us to figure out what you like? Give us time to slow down. Give us time to rest. And Lord, help us all, wherever we can, however we can, to be pushing back the darkness of this world with your light. It's in Jesus' name, the light of the world, we pray. Amen.